we talk about everything and anything under the stars. I'm your host, On Ping, and if you're new here, this is a personal journal where I just kind of talk about what's going on in my life, how I'm dealing with things, different topics, literally anything. Literally anything. I like going on Reddit rabbit holes. I spiral occasionally, have mental breakdowns. I talk about my current situations, anything that I'm learning, what I'm noticing in society. Yeah, so come along for the journey. And though things I say are not perfect, just know that I'm always open to criticism and I really want to start dialogues about different things and see if it changes my view. I'm not always set in what I believe in, and I think this episode will be a very good example of that. Just to give you a quick life update this week, I am trying to find friends. (laughs) So yeah, I'm back in Taipei. I was visiting my other grandparents in a different city, but now I'm back in Taipei with my grandma and my aunt and love them, but, you know, generational gap. So obviously I really want friends my own age. And unfortunately, since I am signed up for Chinese classes, I have to wait a month before the semester starts. And so, I mean, that was kind of my big thing of like, oh, I really want friends in Chinese classes so I can like practice with them. But now, you know, I got to wait a month and, you know, it gets lonely and I want to explore and I want to live life while I'm young, you know, all that YOLO shit. And I just cannot wait a month to make friends. So You know, your girl got on Bumble, was swiping away. We'll see how it goes. I am meeting up with a friend um, from Bumble tomorrow. So, kind of funny. It's like we use this, like, same dating app algorithm for a lot of things. Because this is how I found my uh, dorm mate for freshman year in college was like an app where you literally also like swiped on people and then the first person that I swiped on ended up actually being my roommate. So yeah, this is quite interesting how we've kind of narrowed it down to one algorithm that works. So just felt like a dating app, but nope, I was on Bumble BFF. It's weird how we can make friends like this. But yeah, I I think for apps like this, it's always best to just cut to the chase and be like, hey, you're lonely, I'm lonely, we're looking for friends, let's hang out sometime soon. So yeah, I'm glad that this this gal had the same idea and was just like, you know, let's just let's just meet up on Friday and see what happens. So we're gonna meet up at a toilet themed restaurant we'll see how that goes they have like a poop shaped um ice cream and like they serve you pasta in like a toilet bowl and then you sit 
on toilets. It's something like that. But I think it would be really interesting. Yeah, so um, other than that, I'm joining a scuba diving group, trying to see where that goes. Still looking for, you know, like a research lab to join. I feel like every time I give these updates, it's like, this is like the exact thing that I tell my friends. And so y'all are just my friends. And I feel like only my friends listen to these podcasts. So, you know, if you're not my personal, personal friend, welcome to my very uninteresting life. But funny thing is, I don't know why, like I chose to do podcast updates seems kind of stupid i don't actually have anything important to say to to say and yeah i just no one would want to listen to me but i guess i listen to myself so that works whatever makes me happy right <laughs> at the end of the day it's whatever whatever floats your floats your goat sorry there's just like a lull in my brain right now. Everything is just kind of... I'm also talking really quiet right now because my grandma's up and around the house and any moment she's going to bust in and be like, what are you doing? Be like, oh, this is awkward. <laughs> um, It's weird to tell people that you're doing something that you're not very good at. This is This is what it feels like for me. Other than scuba and trying to find friends, yeah, I don't really do much. I try to get myself out of the house when I can, but the world is scary and I'm just a mere introvert who cannot stand social interaction. I I love it in, in doses. So just having to like, communicate with people in a language that I am very insufficient at just seems like a lot to deal with and that is why I am dead tired every time I go outside and talk to people um this was not supposed to be a pity party but I think it will turn into one um this episode is very much a woe is us kind of episode so we're gonna get we're gonna get kind of kind of real here and very vulnerable and we're gonna talk about things that are very uncomfy and yeah just trigger warning we'll talk about human nature violence war current situations um if you can kind of put the dates together, it's pretty obvious what we will be discussing. And I just wanted to start out and say that I recorded an episode last week and could not bring myself to edit or publish it because I was in a very emotional state. I was having a mental breakdown and I was podcasting. So if you put two and two together, I think you can realize that I probably said some really stupid things. I don't think I was being very critical of myself. It was very like, 
why don't we, you know, I mean, I still, I still do believe this, but I was in the whole emotional state of like, can we just stop hurting, please? Like that was just the sentiment. And yeah, that's not exactly rooted in reality. So for those of you who don't know what I'm referencing, obviously you will once I say that um, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict is really affecting me and I think everyone else, even my grandma when she listens to Taiwanese radio, they, that's all they talk about every time I turn on the TV. Um, Taiwan has CNN, by the way, so if you didn't know, American news just gets like broadcasted all the way here. Yeah, it's just something that, you know, we just cannot avoid and it's ongoing and it has been for years and years and years, but I think early October just kind of set it ablaze once again and put a lot of things to light. And now that I'm actually in a place where I believe that I have the tools to do my own research and to really understand the situation, um, I took it upon myself to just dig through people's opinions, see what people are saying, read the news, but also taking things with a grain of salt because it seems like it's very hard to get unbiased news and opinions currently. Everyone's very emotional. And again, that's why I didn't want to post the episode that I recorded because it was very emotionally driven and I get it this is a very emotional situation but I don't exactly think that it's our job to be emotional currently as I am completely removed from this situation I am not living through it I don't know what people are dealing with like actually you know, we can see, watch videos and read the news and everything, but currently I am personally not living in it. And so I don't think it's really my place to just lead with emotion. And I, doesn't, I don't think it gets me or anyone else anywhere. I don't know, like I could argue with strangers on the internet all I want, but at the end of the day, it's just comes down to people trying to understand each other. Yeah, so I would say I was seeing things through a very one-dimensional perspective. And I think this is a very touchy subject. And no matter what I say, it's not going to be satisfactory. And so I'll just try to explain it the best I can. And kind of my thought process and again open to criticism whatever we're all here to grow we're here to learn I am very very young so you know I clearly have not lived through conflicts like these for you know 
like 50 years. I'm, I mean, this is like the first time really coming into like a reckoning with something like this. And I understand there are, there are freaking genocides happening all over the world currently. But for some reason, this one seems to be the big one that everyone just has to deal with right now. And not to say that it's more important than other fucked up things that are happening in the world. It's just like, this is what has my attention right now. And I wish I had infinite energy, emotional capacity, infinite information that I can get, you know, to understand every single one of these conflicts that are going on right now. But unfortunately, this is just what's dominating the news. And this is what is on my mind. So I think literally last week, I was very much pushing the narrative of the righteous victim, how one side is righteous in all of their doings, and that includes violence. I very much believe that all victims have a right to fulfill their desire for revenge. But now that I'm thinking about it, and I kind of had a call-out moment where I posted or reposted something on my Instagram and got a response back, and the response was like, yo, this is very one-sided of you. Like, have you tried looking at the other perspective? And just a lot of questioning of like, why are you choosing these terms to call people? Um... Why are you generalizing in this way? Why are you associating people with their governments? Like all those things. And it, it took me like a step back and I had a actually very decent conversation with this person and they do mean a lot to me. And having being able to have these types of discussions, even with the whirlwind of emotion that's happening around us, in order to create like a safe space and to have these discussions and sit down and really contemplate what the fuck is going on in the world, I think is very, very rare to have currently. And yeah, I I do appreciate all the spaces that have been created for me to kind of process things in this way and without judgment. So just wanted to preface that. And I kind of questioned myself of, well, if if all victims were able to enact exact revenge, you know, whatever revenge you desire, I think it's kind of like a, a trending topic, too, that I think media has kind of been addressing just from, like, the shows that I've seen on Netflix. Uh, there's a show called Short... Oh no, I remember. Okay, it's a K-drama. It's a K-drama and then there's another another K-drama. A lot of K-dramas. A lot of K-dramas start addressing revenge currently. But there's one called Ballerina. It's a movie that I just watched. Oh, there's another show. It's about that woman who was bullied when she was younger and then she makes this elaborate like revenge plan to get back to bull bullies. And it's very satisfying. I'm not going to lie, like something, it's very, it's a very carnal desire to want to see someone get like revenge 
on people and to see other people's lives ruined. But I I think we'd be lying to ourselves if we if we thought that was like a healthy way to heal cuz it's definitely not. And the character in the show like she says it many times that she has pretty much given up her whole life just to exact her plan of revenge out. I don't know like what what does it mean to live for revenge and what does it mean to feel that type of like rage and anger towards someone or like a group of people to want to then give up pretty much your whole life and any other source of joy that you may feel because to you you've already defined your life as joy being equated to you accomplishing your revenge like I just wonder how dark of a place that is to be in and yeah I just like is that healthy and if all victims of any sort of abuse like or just like trauma in general like if all victims were able to carry out the revenges that they found fit that they found would satisfy their pain like would the cycle of hurt and trauma would that ever stop like let's be realistic here if we all took the eye for an eye stance i i think idealistically it makes sense if you take my eye i take your eye you know that's how it works but we don't that's on such a personal level and i don't think we really consider the collateral damage because if you took my eye and i took yours we're only thinking about ourselves for me that makes sense you know i i took you know what you took from me but now all of a sudden it also affects the people around us right so if my friends or my family see that I'm blind and then your friends and family see that you're blind now well in one eye um like that affects their lives too I think as I, I know how we like saying like we live our own lives but our lives are intertwined with other people and so if that affects my ability to spend time with my friends and family I think it would affect them I feel like the eye example is not really great, but you kind of get what I mean. Like if if I ruined your life just as much as you ruined mine, is it like I, f- I feel like then pain is still enacted on other people who are not involved. But ultimately, either way, if trauma is inflicted on someone, it does find a way to seep out and affect people that they're around. I don't know, this is really confusing, and this is why I'm not involved in the justice system, because I don't think I would have the moral ability to understand any of this, but I'm trying to, and this is what we're going to try to unpack in this episode. Yeah, I kind of took the criticism that I received after I reposted what I reposted, I decided to take a very long historical dive into the conflict. So, okay, first of all, I get the 
whole like when you're in school you're taught like don't use wikipedia or like don't use random google sites to get your data but i don't think they also stress enough that sometimes like scholars or like researchers or like titles you know like doctors or phds or like they also don't always get things completely right and just because they have a specific opinion doesn't make it correct and i yeah unfortunately i think as someone who is very high achieving i put a lot of unnecessary weight i guess on people who have higher titles and that's just how i'm socialized i'm socialized to believe people with more experience and i tend to question myself and my own judgment which i think can be good but also then i don't i don't understand that i can also make good points and i don't trust my intuition sometimes in favor of someone who might have more education than me which again isn't all bad but sometimes like when it comes to your own moral judgment that's your moral judgment like you really don't have to seek out peer-reviewed sources for that it is how you feel and if you want to change your judgment or if you're open and you want to be open-minded to other people's opinions then go for it like have the tough conversations with people have conversations with people who you know actually think completely different than the way that you do and see where they're coming from and maybe they'll learn something from you and you'll learn something from them so i think it's very important to look at different perspectives and also be critical with criticism don't think of it as them attacking you as a person and i get it's really hard sometimes because if we feel so emotionally tied to the opinions that we have then someone attacking those opinions feels like an attack on our person and our worldview and then we just go straight into defense mode and as we know you know if you're getting defensive we're not going to get anywhere with this discussion for example we see this with racism when people are called called out for racist things that they've said or done like no matter how subtle it is it kind of turns into defense mode because they think that by calling out the system of racism that you're equating them with a bad trait but racism is a system it's not a trait you know you're it's something that is continually happening it's not like a i don't know a gene i guess like there's no gene for racism that's just not how it's defined but if we aren't able to criticize people for you know kind of keeping the racist status quo going and 
people automatically assume that, you know, me calling out racism means I'm telling you that you're bad and then they get defensive. They think that I'm calling them a bad person. Then we just get absolutely nowhere. And that's how subtle forms of racism just continually pops up. And we just have not made any any sort of progress in that area. But I do I do think it is important. I do want to give some context. So the video that I reposted called called um the whole moving in of Israelis. Um, I think it was more targeted towards Zionism. It called it settler colonialism. Or called the the people settler colonizers. And I want to preface that that was purely just a framework in which I was trying to view it as. I was trying to understand the situation through that kind of lens. And again, with the racism thing, when I when people are called settler colonizers, it's I'm not saying you're a bad person. I'm not shitting on you. I don't hate you. And you have to realize that this is still a very new, like very modern concept that people are trying to view the world as because in order to be a settler colonizer, there has to be, you know, an indigenous population. And at the end of the day, it seems to me that no one can agree on who who is indigenous and who is not, especially in the terms of who is indigenous to Palestine? Who's indigenous to that region? Is it the people that have been there for thousands of years? Or is it the people who were there at one point earlier than those other people? Like, it's just, it's so confusing. And what I, what I found was that the, the answer to my own question of who is indigenous seemed to change depending on what historical take I looked into and where where the history kind of summary began. Because you can start from, you know, biblical times of Jewish people populating the region, or you could start with Palestinians who have been there for freaking forever and more like tribal units. It's very, very confusing when you do look at it in a settler colonial perspective, but I don't think that having this kind of critical lens is hateful in any way. Because again, I'm not equating settler colonizers with bad people, just like how racist people, they don't mean that they're horrific people. It just means that we hate the system, but it is being enacted in some way, in subtle ways, or even not so subtle ways. What I'm trying to say is that that's the stance that I took, and then I received criticism, and then that opened the door for me to really question it. I don't find it hateful to be critical in that way. Because I see it as a lens in which I can acknowledge the harm and trauma that was done to the people already existing on the land. Because if we don't acknowledge the hurt and the harm that was caused 
with settler colonialism, it's just like, how do we even begin to address it? Like, how can we even move forward if the hurt still lingers, right? But that framework can also be expanded to, to other forms of settler colonialism. We can talk about South Africa. We can talk about China. We can talk about Taiwan, even. Like, you can apply this framework to many different instances, and it wasn't a, it wasn't to spur hatred towards a group of people. But again, you know, when we talk about intent versus impact, at the end of the day, sometimes intent really does not matter. If your impact was negative to people and they took it a certain way, sometimes that is what you need to apologize for. Yeah, that was, sorry, that was a kind of a bit of a loop, but I just think looking at things through a certain kind of perspective does help us understand the harm that is being done. I think if we don't address harm, then we really just don't get anywhere. I mean, if we look about, look at indigenous peoples in the Americas and how settler colonialism affected them, it's like, like if we don't even acknowledge settler colonialism, then we can't even begin to grasp the kind of harm that was done. So just something to think about. And I highly recommend looking up the definition for settler colonialism as like a system Look up the definition and then come back to me. And then if you have some takes on it, again, you know, open for discussion. It's just like history is so messed up. And it's like, are we, however we identify, are we responsible for the mess ups of people who came before us who also identified as us? Because we weren't even born, like we had no part in it. But I think my answer for that is if the hurt is still hurting, let's say like um, like I'm sure there are instances of, you know, murders that have happened and then the child of the murdering having to atone for what their parent did. But it's like how much responsibility do we carry? And I think if we really dig in each of our histories, like, our, I'm sure our families have really done some messed up things. And that's kind of the question of life, is is our survival always going to be dependent on violence enacted on other people? Like, is, is my current state now of having a roof over my head, being able to eat three meals a day, getting to go outside and experience the sunlight whenever I can. Like, what what kind of violence was enacted on someone for me to be able to live this way? Like, if you want to talk about literally anything, like, look around your room. Find anything on your wall, in your dresser. Like, that was probably made by slave labor, right? Someone's not getting paid in China or in India or in Vietnam. Some child is working away in the sweatshop, making your pants, sewing your shoes. That's violence, isn't it? For, for us 
to even be in existence. It just feels like someone on the other side of the world always has to pay. And I think knowing that it gives you so much more responsibility to know what the fuck is going on around you. And I'm not saying it's necessarily your responsibility to have a reckoning with your history, but I think if you really understand the kind of violence that people have to go through for you to live the kind of life that you're living, it's very hard not to feel responsible. And if you don't feel responsible, then I I don't want to be your friend. <laughs> I don't know what kind of person you are. I'm a little scared of you. Maybe this is just me being an empath. <laughs> We're just empaths. I think a little too much about other people's experiences, but that's only because it really like fascinates me. Because just think about like someone... Like, all of these people in the world are living completely different realities from you. They all have their history, their background, their day-to-day lives. And it turns out that they could have an opinion that is just like yours or just completely different from yours. They go about life in a different way and they see different things than you. They see blue different than you reference to the last episode is so interesting as we continue on seeing the conflict how it's unfolding how horrific it is how many lives are being lost how many children are being murdered like allow yourself to really feel the pain i know we always say put yourself in someone else's shoes but like really think about it don't look at current actions through your own kind of perspective because again you've lived a completely different life you have a completely different history truly ask yourself what would you do in this situation me sitting in my room what would i do in that situation no put yourself there with all that history with all the pain all the hurt if you're living through a time where it feels like everyone's morals are out the door. Everything feels upside down. War doesn't make sense. Okay, conflict doesn't make sense when you're living through it. Really put yourself in that place, that kind of place, when nothing else matters in the world. And the only thing right now on your mind is your survival, your friends' survivals, your family's survivals. Like, how much are you willing How far are you willing to go to ensure that the people that matter to you are okay? How far? Like, really put yourself in that situation. Because it seems like that's exactly what is going on right now. Nothing else matters to the people that are involved in the conflict right now. We're talking specifically civilians, okay? They really don't give a shit about who's standing with them, what celebrities are donating. Like, they don't give a shit about that. They don't care. Who is Starbucks giving money to? They don't give a shit. That's not on their mind. Right now, all that is on their mind is that my family and I get to live to see another day. 
We're, they're literally fighting for their existence. People are fighting for their existence. Like, can, can you even imagine a world where you and your people just, like, cease to exist? Like, that is, that is how dire the situation is. And, like, if you really think about it, it's like, violence makes a lot of sense then. At that kind of state, what, what else can we do but be violent? We have the whole, like, run, hide, fight slogan. Like, if you're in a dangerous situation, you have three options, run, hide, or fight. When you're trapped, you can't escape. You can't hide. Where are you going to hide? There are bombs raining down on you. Where are you going to hide? What's your last choice? Fight. So it's really easy for us, the rest of the world, to kind of sit back while we're in our rooms, while we're watching the, the news and be like, oh, why would they do that? You know, why would they kill people? Why would they, why would they be, why would they be violent? It's so easy for us to judge. But if you really, really put yourself in that situation, I think you would do the exact same. Because in the end of the day, we humans are not that much different from each other. In terms of just our instincts, just human nature, like we are not different. If we are pushed to the brink of existence, we will choose to fight. And that goes for everyone. So this is this message. I think this episode is more targeted towards people who don't have a lot of affiliation with the conflict happening. If you do know people who have ties with the conflict, like I think it's very important for you to reach out and just to hear them and to be with them. Like God only knows what kind of pain they're experiencing right now and how many feelings that they have. And I think the best way for you to be supportive is to just listen. This message especially is for those of us who have the privilege of just turning off our TVs, turning off our phones. We can choose to go watch something else. We can choose to listen to something else. We don't have to we don't have to listen to what's happening to our neighborhoods. Like we don't have to we don't have to deal with this. And it can feel really easy to fall into a spiral and feel helpless and be so emotional during times like these. But don't forget that you do have a responsibility to stay educated and understanding. Stay open-minded. Just listen to people. Listen to stories because ultimately stories is how people are remembered. All these lives are remembered as if you listen to their stories. And really try to empathize with them and understand what is happening. I think especially, especially if you're in America, I mean, your responsibility is like way larger, it feels like, than anyone else's. Because as citizens of one of the biggest players in the world game, as our government is taking our money and funding it towards military equipment, like our hands are not clean. Think about it, like the money from your pocket is being used to purchase bombs, tanks, rifles. They're taking the lives of kids, mothers, families, fathers. 
Americans are the last group of people that are allowed to claim helplessness, okay? We have so much of a responsibility. We have so much privilege in this position as, you know, this is our government that's really pushing a specific narrative forward, a specific, you know, stance. Our, our government is taking, our government has taken its stance. And I know, like, we blame a lot on, you know, the greed of the world, on late-stage capitalism. But now that we know that all that the system really cares about is economic gain, what's the fuel for it? Money. I'm sure you all know that there's a lot of boycotts that are happening, especially against corporations that are involved with supplying funds for clearly a government that has no concern for human life, seeing as they bombed a refugee community. Again, don't equate people to their governments because I'm sure you don't feel 100% aligned to your government. So just don't do the same for other people. Okay, really see humanity here, but if we really want to put a blame on people, let's put it on the systems and the larger groups of people that aren't really representing the people that they're supposed to represent. Yeah, so know that in a capitalist system, despite how hopeless you may feel, that your money does actually have a lot of power. So just consider that for a second. I think another thing um, that you can do and that I have recently done is there's a website that you can check out and I can link that website too. Also with the list of corporations that are being boycotted. Um, take a look at where you are investing your money. What kind of funds are you investing in? And if corporations in that fund are funding human rights violations or whether or not they have any sort of sustainability initiative. Because God knows, you know, what war is there to fight when we fight against nature, you know? If we don't care, take care of the earth, she will not care in the slightest to take care of us. And we all know who suffers the worst in times of environmental crisis. It's always the poorer communities. It's always the black and brown communities. It's always the indigenous communities. So just think about your responsibility. Take a look at the stuff that you have and also think about what kind of violence you're funding. And it could be very depressing and I, I do get it, but I think that is a duty that we owe to each other as humans have the tough conversations too. I think it's very important to open space, judgment-free space to have conversations to really listen to others' perspectives. And I mean like really listen, really listen to the other perspective. Try not to take the humanity out of it. I think at the end of the day, all that we humans try to do is just take care of our families, take care of ourselves, take care of our communities the best we can. Maybe I'm just being idealistic. If we stop seeing each other's humanities, I, I mean, like, where where does it all end? Anyways, this is a work in progress. Um, I didn't say everything that I wanted to say. 
Maybe I even like beat around the bush a little, but I hope you get my message and what I'm trying to, to convey. Again, if you have thoughts, I'm very much open to having a discussion. Unfortunately, um, in times where I don't have guests on my podcasts, it definitely feels like an echo chamber and I don't really like that feeling. I like receiving feedback as I'm speaking, so it's been a little tough for me to record by myself. But yeah, stay safe. You know, hug your friends, hug your mom, make up with your dad, all sorts of stuff. Talk to you soon.